easiest choice you can make. Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That feels good. Yes, it does, sir. A lot of fun on the show today. A lot to get to. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, we'll start off with the president's closing arguments ahead of the midterms. Mm. Uh, and I guess they're getting some research back saying that the whole threat to democracy thing isn't really sinking in. No, it's not. Uh, nope. So they've just kind of settled on lying about the state of the economy. Here's Joe Biden at a campaign event yesterday. So the economy is up, price inflation is down, real incomes are up, gas prices are down and need to come down further. Exports are also up, which means a simple thing. We're making a lot of money in America because of that. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're not, though. That was kind of a one-off, and now the trade deficit is back actually worse than it was before. So... None of Dude, what I'm he laughing said is at true. the desperation. I know it really he's just is. throwing anything up there that sticks. <laughs> in America for, because of that. Just believe me, please. I have x-ray vision and laser shoot out of my eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, just say anything, whatever's on your mind. Okay, if they, do you think they've totally abandoned the democracies on the ballot? Our democracy's at stake. Well, it's play. a threat to it's democracy. It's not playing. Nobody believes it. They keep yeah. on talking Nobody about it, Nobody believes it. I understand that. Yeah. Okay, what did Jim Clyburn say? Oh, yeah, Jim Clyburn, the uh, Democratic representative who was credited with saving Joe Biden's campaign by making some backroom deals, going out with the endorsement ahead of the, what was it, Super Tuesday in the primary, Mm -hmm. really resuscitating this thing. Um, And he says, well, this country, we're pretty much headed towards Nazi Germany, if you think about it. Here we go. If Republicans win. Nazi Germany. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media that this past president uh, calling the press the enemy of the people. They are. That is a bunch of crap, and we know it. No, it's true. And that's what's going on in this country. But- co-opted the media? Yeah. What in the hell is he talking about? 
it's just gaslighting, man. Despite yeah. everything else he just said. Well, yes. I, I, I think he was trying to say that uh, 1930s Germany was a really strong democracy, which is just completely ahistorical. No, it wasn't. There was a lot of economic turmoil. I mean, it was in shambles because of what the rest of the world did, or at least you know Western Europe and the United States did after World War One to try to put them in check. I mean, that that was the discontent that led to the rise of Hitler. So there is no that comparison. There's no comparison. No. But here's the thing. What you just laid out, David, how many people in America actually know that? Oh, I, they don't. Right. I mean, they don't. Yeah, that's why you have media members basically saying, you know who else talked about inflation? Hitler. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, you do. You have more numbers than we want to believe people in America that believe what they say when they say that. You know, Obama was out there in Arizona, the same thing, with the whole threat to our democracy nonsense. Oh, yeah. Somebody who was part of a, an insurrection? Yeah, talking about... And it thinks it's okay to... Carrie Lake? ...for armed people to stand to intimidate folks next to ballot boxes? That's how America's democracy is supposed to work? I don't... I, and he's like, he's flabbergasted. I, doesn't that override... Party labels? Come on, people. And Arizona, let's be honest with each other for a second. Yeah? I know folks out there, including Republicans, may be thinking there's no way somebody like that's actually going to get elected. Uh, <laughs> you, you may think that's too extreme for Arizona. But we've seen. I, I'm, <laughs> folks can win. If we don't do our part, and if you've got election deniers serving as your governor, as your senator, as your secretary of state, as your attorney general, then democracy as we know it may not survive in Arizona. That's not an exaggeration. That is a fact. Yeah, there's yeah. your altar call from President <laughs> yes. Obama. Yes. He, he tapped into that, Oh, didn't he? yeah, he always does. <laughs> Yeah, it's he works at the fever pitch under the tent, and then it, then he takes the offering. <laughs> <laughs> Get out there and do your part. Yep, we're gonna lose our democracy. I mean, that's right. I mean, here's the thing: they, they talk a lot about heated rhetoric and all of this kind of stuff, oh. and leading to political violence. Uh, always from the right is what they talk about. But we just learned that there's a candidate, a Republican candidate in North Carolina, who had uh, someone shot at his house. Actually, shot at his house a couple weeks ago. And it's just now coming out what happened. And his, he wasn't there, but I guess his his parents, I think, were there. And his kids were in the house. And someone took a shot at his house. Yeah, but it's not a story if it's not covered. There was uh, Wayne County, uh, Michigan, uh, a nut job protester who was actually a public school teacher, mm-hmm. bit the GOP chair, bit the GOP chair on yes. the arm. Good thing, good thing that guy was fully vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, th- and now you got Biden and Obama and everybody else coming out there and talking about how the people who would vote for Republicans are supporting Nazis. Right. How this is about an end to democracy as we know it. I mean, this is some really sick stuff. And if you're really worried about political violence, you got to cut that crap out. Here's the thing, man. And I, we've said this for a long time. And I know over the last couple of years even every once in a while I'll go like, it's going to be all right we're going to get through this all right you can feel it turning and i know there'd be some grumbling oh whatever man i really believe it 
when you just talk to regular people, you can see minds changing and, and people looking at the message from legacy media going, hey, man, they lied to us about all of these different things. The trust has been broken. I can't trust these people anymore. And I think there are so many people that see what's really going on, and we're certainly going to see it on Tuesday. I totally believe that. So uh, it is disgusting, David, yeah. to your point. And, you know, we knew there would be desperation. I'll admit it. it's at a higher level than I had anticipated right. coming into this week. That's really something. Meantime, remember, if you had any questions about the attack, the brutal attack on Paul Pelosi with the hammer, that that's not part of Mega Mega something, uh, then I guess that you're one of those fascists. Yeah. Okay, because that happened, and it's political violence, and believe everything that you were told about it. And if you parrot talking points from early on, like there was a third person there, even though it was reported, you're also mega mega and a fascist. But now we're getting new details on the attack. Yeah, the Today Show ran an update on the Paul Pelosi attack. It was an exclusive from our buddy Miguel Almaguer. Uh, now, the initial story, just to set the table here, had it that when the cops got to the house, Paul Pelosi opened the door, and as he opened the door, both he and his attacker were holding the hammer, like yes. they were, like they were wrestling for it or fighting over it or something like that. And then the attacker broke free and boom, hit him on the head. And the good news, by the way, is also Paul Pelosi is out of the ICU and apparently has returned home. Yeah, he's home. So yeah. he's on the road to recovery, and that's the good news. Mm -hmm. But the weirdness continues here's the update to this story after a knock and announce the front door was opened by mr pelosi the 82 year old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant what? and away from police it's unclear if the 82 year old was already injured or what his mental state was why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Okay. Whoa. Daddy-o. So remember when we had the questions of, all right, so he's got one hand on the hammer and he opens the door with the other hand? Yeah. That, that it didn't seem to make any sense. And then police are just kind of like, hey, what's going on? And DePape, the dude says, oh, everything's good. It didn't make sense. Right. And so you bring up it doesn't make sense, and then you get called all kinds of names. We all know this is the way it goes. But now... The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home. Why? If, if this was some sort of attack that had been going on for a half hour, he knows, right, that he wants to attack Nancy, and he's been threatening to tie him up. Now cops show up because you called 911. You open the door. You don't walk out and say, the guy's in there, man. Why? Yeah. The only thing I could think of, now in the, in the Today Show piece, they had this like three-second piece of audio from someone who used to work for the FBI, I think. Yes. He said, yeah, people just kind of panic, and you never know what they're going to do. The only explanation to me that might make sense, and again, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense until we know some of the backstory about like the 911 call, because as the story goes... Paul Pelosi was somehow able to go call 911 with the attacker right there. 
Yep. So that that doesn't make any sense. But what's well, just but, what, the other thing is where did, did he call him from the bathroom? Because remember yeah. the original story was he slipped into the bathroom. Yeah. Did DePape follow him into the bathroom? Apparently DePape could hear the phone conversation. Why didn't he lock himself in so, the bathroom? I, I don't know. But again, the only thing I can think of that would make sense outside of something that we are not being told mm-hmm. is that maybe Paul Pelosi thought he had talked the guy down or something and thought that everything was going to be cool and then was just trying to make sure it didn't escalate anymore. I don't. That's the only thing I can think of. And even that doesn't make sense. Right. Just None of this makes sense. We don't know. But instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, but if somehow a guy with a hammer gets into my house and is holding me hostage and then I'm able to go answer the door and the cops are right there, I'm running right behind that police officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been something off with this entire story since we heard it. It's still off. And if you want me to put the tinfoil hat on and just say it, I'll say it. They know at some point they're going to have to release the footage, the police cam footage, right? They're getting out in front of this. They know it's coming down. And why is it NBC's the only one that has that part of the story? Yeah, I don't know. It could be that NBC is wrong. It could be. (laughs) I mean, it could be because sources told them. Yeah, and NBC's been wrong before. They have. The cops, I'm assuming no one's talked to them or can't talk to them. I'm guessing they can't talk. Do we know who they are? They can't talk. They can't. Not right now. We get names of cops usually pretty damn quick. We got names of cops that day. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they can go out there and talk. More on that a little bit later. Um, There's a Biden ad we need to hear, David. Yeah. Well, it's a new parody ad, just in time for the midterms. And I think this is just really funny. Uh, I saw this from the Twitter account, Il Donaldo Trump. (laughs) That's funny. Meme maker and whatnot. Roll it. Biden has brought back kindness and decorum. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take it behind the gym. Biden is a voice of clarity. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him a voice of reason. They're going to put you all back in chains. And he's good with numbers. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> 700 billion and a trillion, 300 million billion dollars. And now, <laughs> you have the chance to make sure it continues for another two years. <laughs> See, I know I'm going to laugh a lot today, but every time I laugh, I start to go to this cough. Yeah. This cold, but I try to avoid that. All right. Uh, much <laughs> to get to. Um, did you know no one knew what inflation was until Republicans pounced? Who had that nugget? You want, you gotta hear this straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who said no one knew what inflation was until Republicans Dude, pounced? It's a new conspiracy theory <laughs> <laughs> that Republicans taught Americans what inflation was in order to get a political win because no oh one knew what it, no one knew what it was until Republicans pounced. Okay, 
This comes to us courtesy of Joy Reid on MSNBC. Oh, man. <laughs> the only people I ever heard here use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's <laughs> from the woman that says Latinx. Yeah, dude, I. <laughs> they might use the term prices are too damn high. Instead of inflation, but they certainly know what it is. And I've heard the term inflation my whole life. Me of course. too, yeah. Naturally. People know I, what that word is. They know what yes. it means. I recall hearing it the first time with Jimmy Carter. Yes. When it was off the hook. That was around right. your 40th birthday. 37th, David. <laughs> Get it right. I'm going to say, what were they calling it around Hoover's time? <laughs> anyway. Over Hoover's time? Back to Joy Reid. Prices are too damn high. That's what they call it. <laughs> so it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it. Is that a cell phone? That's amazing. <laughs> We've done a poor job of educating people, so we're leaving it up to Republicans <laughs> right. to explain how the economy works. Completely dumb. We thought if is. we just kept printing money, everything would be cool. Then everybody would have more. That's what you think when you're like in sixth grade. Yes. Well, why don't they just print more money? <laughs> I mean, golly. One of the most unintentionally funny stories I think I may hear. Me all too, time. yeah. Uh, okay. Switch gears. I'm trying to understand the story. I mean, there's part of it I understand with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. He's been suspended five games uh, for being anti-Semitic, right? And I'm trying to understand exactly how this works. Now, I think most people probably think, in one way or another, Kyrie's kind of a kook. Well, no, he is a kook. Flat earther yeah. at one point. I mean, a lot of different things. Well, and the left hated him because he wouldn't get vaxxed. Right. Okay, so, you know, within the last week or so, he shared a video on social media about, and David, you knew part of this um, because it was the same thing Kanye, sorry, Ye West was saying about the Hebrew mm, origins of black people yeah. and whatever video he was sharing has these anti-Semitic beliefs in them. That's the way I understand yeah. it. And they're Holocaust deniers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that on its own, if you believe that, I would say most people would think you're a kook. Okay. Is that enough for an NBA team to say you're unfit to play? Yeah, they suspended him for five games. Yes, that's yep. what I'm asking. Yeah. Is that like, yeah, we can't do it. Well, I, yeah, I just get confused about where what the standard really is and i don't have a problem with him being suspended at all but i mean it, it, it's kind of like well you, you, you we know that you're not protected if you criticize china and i mean lebron james targeted a cop who had done nothing wrong yes i mean there are a lot of different people with all sorts of kooky beliefs and there are plenty of racists in all sports you know? And that's writing, we were dismayed today that Kyrie refused to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs. And yeah, I, I think you're a dumb person for that. But then you wonder, is it going to be at some point in time, hey, are you saying that you think anyone in the LGBTQ plus community is a sinner?
You're not fit to play. You just wonder. Well, it's, no, I mean, where's the where's the bottom? No, that's Who what knows? you wonder. Yeah. Oh, big update you got to hear next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp. He's the millennial. The sexy boomer is Scott Robbins. Looks like the Trumpster's going to run again. Uh, Not that, a big surprise. Yeah. That's, no. That's the word now. You've got Axios, New York Times, and Newsmax all reporting that sources say, I'm pretty sure it comes from Trump himself, um, that he is going to be announcing his run for president uh, again soon after the midterms, maybe on November 14th, with that, which I think is the day of a big GOP leadership meeting. Okay. Boy, you heard him in Iowa last night. Yeah. Sounds like you're on it. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again. Okay. okay. <laughs> All I can picture in my head is that one woman at Times Square. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Boy, it's going to drive people crazy. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's the understatement, man. I wonder what the reception's going to be like. Are there going to be anybody uh, a part of the GOP that will be saying, man, love you, Don, but it's time to step aside. It's, it's time for our guy from Florida. It's time for Ron DeSantis. You know, I, I hear from a lot of people, and not talking about just, you know, uh, not Republican lawmakers, but just everyday people who have this attitude, and I think it's very common, of like, yeah, I'll vote for him again. I, I don't have a problem voting for him at all, but, you know, I'd rather somebody else be in the arena. That being said, I wonder who else will get into the arena if he does make an announcement. Does Ron DeSantis actually do it, or does he wait? I don't know. What do you think, Scott? Uh, man, you know, I try to predict Trump, and I'm always wrong. Um, <laughs> That's everybody, think, dude. <laughs> you know, I know. But it's like, I just think that sometimes he's making noise because he enjoys being the kingmaker. I, he's running, dude. He probably is. My question yeah. is, is DeSantis going to run if he runs? Uh... No. Ron DeSantis is young enough. He can wait. Now, if you would have been asked this question two months ago, would you have said, yeah, DeSantis is running? I would have thought two oh, months yeah. ago that DeSantis yeah. was going to run. Yeah. But I wonder now. Yeah. And recently I heard Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, say he didn't see DeSantis running. If Trump runs. If, tra if Trump ran. Right. Yes. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And who knows? He may not know at all, but I was thinking he probably has some insight the rest of us don't have. Well, you wonder what the upside is for DeSantis if he were to run against Donald Trump. And I still I still wonder, and I still wind up kind of being in the camp that I think DeSantis might actually win a primary. The question is, what does Trump do afterward? You know, That's true. Does he take his ball and go home? And, or does and, he go scorched earth? Right, go scorched Third earth. Third party. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he might, and that will kill it then. Yeah, that, that's really the question 
But, uh, but yeah, DeSantis may be sitting there saying, well, I don't want to alienate the Trump base, and so I'm just going to wait. And I think he's hinted at that before, but who knows? Yeah. And I don't know if it matters or not who the Democrats put up against him. I don't know. It was not going to be Biden. Are you talking about DeSantis or Trump? No, running against either one of those two. Well, the thing about Trump is there are enough people in the country that are either scared of him or hate him that, in my opinion, he'll have a tougher time winning Mm -hmm. the presidency than DeSantis would. But, I mean, I think it's going to be Newsom in the end. Probably. Gee whiz. But who, I, else, who else would you no, predict? No, no, you may be 100% right, and I, oh. my mind wanders. I mean, I can't really come up with a name either. No, the only other person is Hillary. And Hillary may be a part of this administration within a few months. Yeah. That's my tinfoil hat prediction. We'll see, man. It's going to be crazy. I know one thing, though. If the Democrats, I mean, <laughs> take the beating that we all think is going to happen on Tuesday— our democracy is at stake. Well, it's over. We may lose it. Yeah. That's what I'm being told. And, mm-hmm. and from reliable sources like Joy Behar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Democrats and their buddies in the media can't understand why most people don't really care much about the Capitol riot and how that's really not influencing the, elect- the election all that much. Mm-hmm. And the views Joy Behar was saying, don't you see the bigger picture here? Oh, my goodness. What Biden is trying to do is he's trying to appeal, appeal to the intelligence of the American voter by saying, you yes, there are problems. We have inflation. By the way, you want to live in a dictatorship? Go to Hungary, where it's a 20 percent inflation over there. As I always say, inflation fluctuates. Democracy does not. And so we need to know that. I don't want to make a speech. I'm just saying I feel like people are not comprehending the seriousness of what is going on. We are just not smart enough, damn it. If we were as smart as Joy, well, things would change around here. Okay, let me ask a question. How insulting is that? What do they mean as a threat to democracy that we won't be able to vote and have elections anymore? What are they really saying? That that's actually what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. That That's if you saying. don't vote for Democrats, you will never be able to vote in another free and fair election. <laughs> After 2020. Yeah. They're Unreal. saying that now. It's absolute desperation. You know, and Biden's speaking to the intelligent people. Right. Not these dummies. Come on. Come on. Um, Vile human being. God. By the way, and apparently, you know, switching gears, totally different story. But... We know there's voter suppression going on in different states, okay? <laughs> Is there? Well, that's what we're told. Right? I can't, I can't every ever even say day. this with a, state, with a yep. straight face. Um, like in Georgia, and we talked about this before. First of all, if you're a person of color, within eight miles of anywhere you can vote, no water is to be sold to those people. No, nope. You actually can't even drink water. No. No. You'll, you'll be shot on spot. Well, last, <laughs> you know, last election, drink of water. they were stacking up bodies like cordwood <laughs> Absolutely. in line. Is, is that a bottle of Dasani? <laughs> Boom. Yeah, right. that's, how, that's how they roll in Georgia right now. But you have people, I mean, climbing over fences with barbed wire, <laughs> mm-hmm. digging trenches under fences yeah. to vote. They're dehydrated, but they're yeah. still doing it. Right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Stacey Abrams is saying? Yeah, the state of Georgia is actually seeing record turnout for a midterm election, especially among black voters, which really gives away the whole game. Democrats tried to call the new Georgia election law Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow in a suit and tie or 
whatever Biden meant by makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Uh, right. And they did it to energize the base. That's it. They lied in order to try to win an election, which to me is a fundamental threat to democracy. Um, wow. But they can't just admit they lied, of course, because then that really just tank any future prospects. So here's Democrat candidate for governor Stacey Abrams on MSNBC trying to say that just because there's record turnout, doesn't mean there's not voter suppression. Yes. And let's be clear, they are participating despite the impediments of SB202, despite the racially charged voter challenges authorized by SB202, despite the barriers to using absentee ballots, which black voters used in abundance in 2018 and 21 until the time was truncated and the process made more complicated. They are doing this despite hurdles and barriers because they know how vital this election is. And it is deeply disingenuous, if not simply tone deaf, for a secretary of state or governor to dismiss the difficulties black and brown voters have in this state simply because they haven't experienced it themselves. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words on that. Dehydrated, one. climbing fences. What is she talking about? Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I don't know. Obviously, those bar- barriers are not all that difficult to overcome because a lot of people have voted and there haven't been any real problems with it. We will overcome! <laughs> See? That's the spirit. Are we done with her after this election, by the way? No way. Are we done no, with no. it? No. No. Go back to writing porn novels and get out of my sight. <laughs> Those are erotic stories, Scott. How dare you? <laughs> That's what novelists do, do porn say. <laughs> No, she's become a star with those people on the left. It doesn't matter. I think you, it's, you know how this works. I, I never thought this would happen to me. But. I, I think it's kind of wearing off, though, the star power, because I think people are starting yeah, to see through I agree. the game. Because, I, I mean, look, they have poured between uh, her and was it, I think it was between her and Beto O'Rourke in Texas. They've poured like $150 million into these campaigns, and neither one of them has ever led in any poll. Dude, listen, man. If a jamoke, like on this show, can see through, there's no substance there early on, how can these political operatives not see it? Mm. That's crazy to me. Look at what she's cost the people of Georgia without ever being elected to anything. That's right, man. I mean, it's really something. Because all the business, yeah, and the major league baseball, and the all-star, all-star game, game, and millions moved. of dollars that could have been earned by black business owners, by the way, yes, that Stacey Abrams and Stacey Abrams alone got moved. Yeah, she stands for the people of Georgia. Wow, man! Just, by the way, um, just a little backstory uh, because you brought up the all-star game with major league baseball. Yeah, um, a couple of years ago when the Houston Astros were in the World Series. We talked about it on the show because David almost broke the bank to take his stepdad to a World Series game. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool thing that you did, David. Um, and to think at that time that the Astros would be in the World Series now with the pivotal Game 5, 2-2 two, two on the line, and this nail-biter last night, you haven't watched a game. You haven't watched an no. inning. I didn't even know what the, what the series was at right now. And you've been called petty for that. Yeah, yeah. There was a look uh, when when Major League Baseball pulled the All Star Game out of Georgia because of the lies that were being told by the left. That was that was a final straw for me. That and, and you, you meant it. 
and you can call me petty if you want, and that's fine if that's your opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm somebody who's spent thousands of dollars not only going to two World Series games, and it's not like I'm rich, but I wanted to do it because, especially with my stepdad, this was a, a special this was a special bond that we had at a really important time in my life. Yes. Going to, you know, watch Astros games, watch baseball, things like that. But even aside mm-hmm. from those two World Series games, I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars on MLB subscriptions when I wasn't living yeah. in the Houston area. And then they fall for leftist lies and tell me that they hate me. And it's not the Astros, but Major League <laughs> Baseball said, yeah, we, we're going to give credence to a conspiracy theory that a voting law in Georgia is that bad. And instead of actually reading the bill or understanding the bill, they just took activist word for it. And so, you know what? Screw baseball. I'm out. There you go. Well, he showed me the picture Dusty Baker sent him. <laughs> hey, David, go pound sand. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched all of it. I watched part of the game last night. It was exciting. Yeah, they know game. hit him the night before. It's yeah. it's it's been interesting. And has anyone seen the numbers? We can get to that a little bit later. No, I haven't seen anything. I'm, but I would it, imagine they're not very good. I don't know. It was also the odd thing because you had, you know, two Houston teams against two Philly teams last night. And as it turns out, well, there is one undefeated team still in yeah. the NFL. Eagles! <laughs> that, well, and that's they, right, John Fetterman. It is, in fact, the Eagles. Yeah. Texans hung with the Eagles through two, and then it kind of fell apart. Okay, and I saw on a couple of the morning news shows, Today Show, whatever, talking about keeping their hopes for an undefeated season alive. Stop that. That (laughs) team's not going undefeated. They're not even going to the Super Bowl. Give me a break. Eagles! I'm telling you right I'll bet you whatever. All right, news update straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. No, we had just mentioned John Fetterman because the Eagles won last night. Who? John Fetterman. Oh, I know, but who won? I mean. Oh, you know. Eagles! (laughs) Okay. Do you know who endorsed him? This is big news today. Oh, yeah? NBC and ABC. Oh, yes. With Oprah Winfrey publicly backing Democrat John Fetterman over former TV star Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. I said it was up to the citizens of Pennsylvania. And, of course, but I will tell you all this. If I lived in Pennsylvania, I would already cast my vote for John Fetterman for many reasons. Mm. Does that mean anything anymore? I suppose to some people. You know, it's Greg Gutfield, I think, that. Posted after this, tweeted somebody from Fox. Hey, Oprah, would you let John Fetterman run your company? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yes, that's a that's a great question. It is. <laughs> really is. So I don't know if you happen to see this. This was local Pennsylvania. You got a reporter asking Fetterman about what happened at the debate because this is a moment that a lot of people talk about. He sets it up, plays it for Fetterman. And then asked, do you understand why some people wonder if you can do this? I'll just let it roll for you. Check it. The moment that stands out that they keep using over and over again is your comment about fracking, your answer to the fracking question. Here it is. There is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? 
I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking. Okay. So it's uncomfortable to watch this because oh, yeah. Fetterman's got to watch it happening, and then... And I stand, and I do support fracking. Do you understand why people are now questioning your ability to be our senator from the state of Pennsylvania because of moments like that? I, I, I believe that, that my support of fracking has always been been one that, uh, in, in the past, uh, it was some of the environmental uh, concerns. What? Well, basically, if you were on the fence there, then you know he can do the job. <laughs> well, no. Jeez. And you do. And I go back and forth like a lot of different people. There's one moment you almost feel really bad for the person because I don't know if he really knows how bad off he is yeah. or maybe he does and he's desperate for the power and the position. I don't know. But in the end, you can't do the gig, man. Gee whiz. Okay, switching gears. David, you're a parent of young children. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look for advice from different people who have been through it before, right? Oh, sure. How about some unconventional parenting advice from celebrities? Oh, gosh. Okay. How to screw up my kin, uh, my kids and, you know. Well, like Pam Anderson. Death. Okay. Uh, she would say, let your kids experiment. She said, we want them to practice safe sex, drink and experiment with drugs in moderation, and find true love. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> Good Pam. stuff. Yeah. Uh, how about Christina Gagulera? You know what they have at their house? What? Naked Sundays. Mm. said, my son will be growing up in a house where nudity is just the norm. It's only weird when you shame it. Yeah. Weird out. Mm-hmm. This was also interesting. Giselle Bungeon. You know what she says? Uh-huh. Breast milk cures everything. Listen to the quote. If they had something in their eyes, I'd put milk in their eyes. Oh. Before their flight, I would get a dropper and put milk in their nose to ward off the bacteria on the plane. People say Tom that. Brady's moving on, do you? Yeah. People have done that for a long time, man. See, you learn something yeah. every day. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, the midterm's coming up. Jeez. Please. You're ready, aren't you? Scott I am Robbins. so ready. I wish it was today. Well, I want you to want to just think about a couple things and know this. First of all, we're not in a recession. As a matter of fact, the White House is not even preparing for a recession because no. everything's good right well, now. Well, that's a lie. Biden was pre- planning a crisis garden the other day. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> He and Dr. Jill are canning tomatoes right now. <laughs> no, the only crisis is a loss of democracy for oh, this oh, nation. Oh. That's what we're facing. Yeah. I already knew that. Well, yeah. By at least one metric, we're already in a recession. And in fact, in yeah. a new survey, I think it was from CNN even, where three quarters of Americans believe, yeah, we're in a recession. Because, again, you can look at all the data points you want and say, well, technically, but people aren't dumb. They know what their grocery bills are. They know what's happened with their energy bills. They know what's happened with their gas bills. I mean, come on. They they know that. 
And anyway, uh, major financial institutions are saying, yeah, we're heading towards a bad one, and big companies are already planning for layoffs if they haven't started already. Uh, but the White House is still in denial. And, well, here's Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. So want to be clear, there is we are not uh, there are no meetings or anything happening like that in preparing for a recession because okay. and I'll say this very clearly. And we have said this. Our economic team has said this. Secretary Yellen has said this. You heard this from the president. Look, what we're well, seeing. Hold on. You just named people we know we can't trust when it comes to the economy. They've got it wrong at every friggin turn. Listen to what these liars have said. <laughs> Golly. Oh, my gosh. What we're seeing right now is a strong uh, labor market. And the reason we're seeing the strong labor market is because of the bold actions that this president has taken. When you look at the economic, <laughs> his economic policies, look, we are seeing a, a unemployment rate at 3.5 percent, something that we haven't seen in 50 years. Again, a strong labor market. All of the things that I just laid out, the data points that I just yeah. laid out, does not lead to a recession, okay. does not define a recession right. or even define find a pre-recession look what we're seeing currently is a transition okay listen it's done all right people aren't buying it oh my gosh i feel relief that that's over honestly i know it's part of what we're doing is keeping track of what people are saying and that's all part of it i mean i understand that's part of the job you got to get out there and lie you got to go with the company line i want to know like behind the scenes does a press secretary ever say listen i've done a lot okay i've gone out there and tried to sell a lot of horse bleep all right but i can't do this today does that ever happen <laughs> well no because you have to remember they're bad people yeah Although I, okay. I do actually want to take a step back from that for a second here, though, because with her in particular, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when yeah. you watch her interviews before she became a member of this White House team, like I'm talking when she was a Media Matters hack and all that, mm -hmm. she could get a sentence out. She didn't struggle the way that she does now. And I, I wonder if it's not a situation, almost a, uh, here's a callback here, almost a Prince Andrew situation where... She knows that she's lying, and she does have a fragment of her soul left that tells her this is wrong. And so that's, that's what causes her to stumble over and over and over again and talk in circles. It might be. I'd like to believe that, but I don't know. Some of the stuff she was spewing before, it's kind of kooky, man. I well, mean... I mean, she is an election denier. She is an election Multiple denier. Multiple times said that uh, the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton. You know, we just got to keep this in mind. We knew there was going to be desperation. Okay, they, the Democrats have gone from one thing to the next to the next to the next, trying to scare people now that democracy is going to end if you vote for Republicans. And now it's, hey, that didn't work. So you know what? Everything's great. You know, all is well. Remain calm. It's all good. You know, for a while, I think they really thought abortion was going to be the key. They're just out of touch with people. Speaking of abortion, man, this is crazy. Okay? I I heard this today. You saw it, David. Yeah. Both hesitant to even bring it to the show because it's brutal. Yeah. Scott, I don't even know if you have no, seen this have, or heard I know, about I've it. I've heard about it, yeah. Okay. I just I read about it a little bit this morning. But man. NPR, 
NPR aired audio of an abortion yesterday. Okay, and I think the purpose, David, tell me what you thought, I think was to let the audience know, see, this is a good, loving thing. It's almost like childbirth. Yeah, it, it was like trying to, you know, say like there are all these women supporting other women and, and things like that. And I mean, I I don't know what people had expected from doctors or care providers who do this. I mean, it's outside of some caricatures. I, I don't think anyone was really expecting that, you know, doctors come in and like just like sharpening their knives going, we're going to kill this baby. You know, I don't think any, I mean, they are doctors, they're medical professionals who perform this, who do this, but it, it, it did. It was, it was pretty jarring to hear this. And especially in the framing that NPR put it because NPR made it seem like, Oh, this is just a routine, good medical procedure. Well, you do hear sounds of the woman crying. Oh God. Yeah. And the medical instrument running. And then the voices of staff calming the patient down. And then it's that weird NPR delivery from the yeah. person from NPR. Do you, should we play part of this or no? I mean, I, if you have some of the narration, I guess. I mean, I thought it was pretty disturbing audio. It is disturbing audio. Yeah. And that's why, I, you know, I guess we never settled on if we'd air the audio. It was just <laughs> we bring up the story. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm good with telling, you know, if you're like, hey, you already brought it up. You got to play it now. Right. Um, I mean, you could search it out. I, we could play part of the narration, I guess. Okay. A at least that. patient is not one of the patients you heard before. She's asked that we not use her name. Well, of course. She's from Michigan. She already has one kid. She's having her abortion at about 11 weeks. Nearly all abortions in Michigan are before 13 weeks. And like many patients at Northland, she said I could record her procedure. We're going to hear some of that now. Oh, so I Are you going to stop? Oh, jeez. My stomach's already upset. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, okay, I'm, I only have one vote here. There's two on the table. So I'm going to go ahead and step back and let it just democracy what? rule. Oh, wait a second. Well, if you want to hear it, then... It's not time to whisk her out of here, man. No, you got to vote. I already What's said, your vote? okay, my vote is no, I don't want to. All right, that's fine. David, I'm cool David with that. David gets a vote, and you get a vote. So. Yeah, David? I mean, if you just have the line isolated where she says it's almost like childbirth, I guess. But I don't have that line isolated. Yeah. You're good at isolating stuff. Yeah. I let it roll. Otherwise, no, I'd rather not. Okay, that's and that's fine. You can, it's, Listen, I think it's probably enough to say... It's all over the place online. Mm -hmm. It's easy to find. It's shocking to me. They played this, though, this whole thing on NPR. Yeah, you want me to play it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I just said. That's why you're getting so squeamish. Yes, they did. You hear the freaking vacuum thing, dude. It's And, and I again, what's crazy is I think the takeaway is there's a group of people that think this is a positive thing, yeah. that, oh, look at all the love they get from the people that are around them. The woman's scared to death. She's crying. It's awful. Remember when it used to be talked about as rare? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the whole yeah. idea behind it, right? But now it's to be celebrated. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've had this conversation with family members of mine who think that, like, I've moved, like, way to the right on abortion and things like that. And they say, well, when did that happen? I'm talking about very liberal family members of mine, very, very pro-choice. 
And, you know, my mindset is kind of what I was raised with, where it's not a positive thing, but, you know, you can't, it's hard to legislate for every single uh, circumstance. And it's one of those things, I don't like it, but in the first trimester, I guess it should be legal. I don't know. And I don't spend a ton of time really thinking about it. But now they've gone so far mm-hmm. to say that, yes, it's, it's absolutely, it's a beautiful thing. It's a thing of beauty. No, it's not. It's a thing of destruction. And- I would say this, man, and tell me if this is wrong. This is where I thought there was a change with you. With the heartbeat of your kid. Oh, yeah. After that happened, I remember you saying, holy smokes, man. Anybody wants to say that's not you know, a living person, that's crazy. Oh, no, yeah. And it's like, yes, there's uh, absolutely, I don't like abortion in, in the first trimester at all. But, no, I'm just and, saying and as yeah. far as any change in your thought, oh, I thought yeah. that was a change, and that could be wrong. You oh, may have totally. thought that before. Oh, no, no, totally. I mean, because she was six weeks pregnant, my wife was, and, and mm-hmm. we went in and they said, well, you might not be able to see a heartbeat, but uh, right. well, it's pretty early. But, you know, if you don't see a heartbeat, it doesn't mean anything bad, but we're going to try to find it. And sure enough, yeah, that was the first holy bleep moment of fatherhood for me was seeing that little blinking light uh, on the screen there. Um, And so I do think it's monstrous to say that that's not a living being uh, that is developing inside the womb. I think that's completely ugly and nasty and an, an evidence of how far gone Democrats have gone with or how far they've gone when it comes to abortion to where Scott well well do you want me to play you the audio where the heartbeat stops is that on there (laughs) oh yes i'm not playing the audio i'm just goofing with you no i'm I'm all yes it's when it's complete and she and then they say now it's done it's done all i'm saying is once we're born and once we grow up and once we're in this situation the thing doctors try to do at all times, is to keep the little light blinking. Well, sure. To maintain that's not a life and it's not living, when you can clearly see it, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. I I don't understand what we're fighting about in that situation. I don't understand. Well, I mean, having been the only person on the show whose light went out. (laughs) Oh, for 40 minutes. And then came back on. In 2015, yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure when it came back on, (laughs) that, that meant life, and when it was off, that meant death. Yeah. Well, we're going to switch gears here. Yeah, There's something life-giving, especially for Scott, and that's the voice of Carrie Lake. Okay, I think Scott needs that right now, David. I do need that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Lake is the smoke show Republican running to be governor of Arizona. (laughs) Thank you, David. Yes. Uh, (laughs) She's a very attractive lady. Yes, Yes, she is. Uh, And she dropped a great line on Fox News. I thought this was funny, and it it is making liberals' heads explode right now. Yeah. I was a little... Concern today. I'm going to be honest. When I saw Hillary Clinton bad mouthing me, and she looked, she looked angry and actually scared, and and uh, just uh, completely unrelated. I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, I'm in perfect health. My brakes on my car are in good shape, and I'm not suicidal. <laughs> She's furthering rumors that Hillary Clinton is a killer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the legend but, continues to grow. But by, by the way, I'm gonna hijack the tease here uh, Go for, for a it. second. Huge development and update on the Paul Pelosi case. Oh, oh. I can't wait to hear this. Wow. We thought we had a big update earlier. I cannot wait to hear this.
Excellent. Straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Okay, so uh, you might have heard there was an update, an NBC News exclusive on the uh, attack on the House Speaker's husband, Paul Pelosi. And it was our buddy Miguel Almaguer on NBC News giving the update. And And it it was that Paul Pelosi backed away from the door after he answered it because... The vape guy was several feet down the foyer. Yeah, so so that really didn't make any sense. So as the story goes now, he opens the door, the cops are there, and Paul Pelosi uh, says, hey, how's it going? And then decides to turn around and go back to where his assailant was and would-be kidnapper was. Yes. and Which is completely different than how the FBI laid it out. Really? Right. So we're wondering, how does this make any sense? Like, what is actually going on here? The Today Show has nuked that story from its website. Really? They now say this piece should not have aired because it did not meet NBC News reporting standards. Oh, God. Miguel, how dare you? so So did Miguel get it wrong or did a phone call get made? Hmm. I'm I want to hear part sorry. of that report again. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer. Right, because that doesn't make sense. If everything else was true, the cops get there, you'd be like, hey, there he is right there. Right. That nut job. Yeah. Glad you guys are here. Toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Okay, we could all say on any given day that Miguel's a bit of a hack. Yeah. It's one thing to be hacky. Miguel didn't make that up. He had a source tell him that. Right. Now, did the source make it up? We don't know. Yeah. Or did NBC get a call from someone else saying, you kill that story now? Yeah, it's it's very interesting that it's just one line on their website now that says, oh, by the way, no, this didn't meet our standards. It could have been. They booted the story. That's happened before. It'll happen again. Mm-hmm. But, man, with all of the secrecy around like whether or not we're going to see any footage of the attack or any footage from police body cams, that just fuels the conspiracies out Dude, there, Dude, I still can't make sense of. There was yeah. a break-in. You have the best security. If that break-in, the same style, happened at your place or yeah. my place, the alarm would go off. Right. It's not For a lot of people in this country, but it doesn't there. Yeah, it's not. And they were in there for 30 minutes. It doesn't make sense, at the very least. On a lighter note, what country... He's going to start shooting wolves with paintball guns. Yeah, the officials there. This is in the <laughs> Netherlands because they've been reintroducing wolves into the into nature. But the problem is that people keep feeding the wolves 
And so now the wolves are not sufficiently afraid of men. And so they're like coming up to the road and trying to get some food. And so now somebody's going to go around in a Jeep just picking them off with paintball guns <laughs> to make them a more or less tame. Well, it's hard to get a shock collar around them. Right. Well, yeah, that's just, true. Just bump them right there. Yeah. <laughs> I know what a wolf sounds like. This is the back. Markley Van Camp and Robert show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. I, it's the me, Pelosi, isn't it? To me, yeah, we just covered it, and I, I, I'm eagerly awaiting to hear what if we're ever going to hear any further explanation of what he got wrong in that report. What what did Miguel get wrong there? How did it not meet the standards? Because boy, it really looks like somebody made a call and said, "Hey, we're not going to start telling the truth until after the midterms." Come on, what are you doing to us today, show? Yeah, I don't. That's the part. I. It makes no sense. Well, all of it makes no sense. And we keep hearing, yes, anybody that gets hit with a hammer, it was brutal. But he walked back toward him. And then they wrestled over the hammer in front of cops. It, it, it's just the whole thing strange. Okay. Oh, there's a clip of Biden. You got it here. That and Mark Moore coming up right here. Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Chin Xer. David Van Camp, Millennial, with the rubber ducky shirt. That's nice. And the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay. Um, rubber ducky shirt? Yeah. It's light blue that. with rubber duckies. It was oh, like that DePape guy when he went to Pelosi's house. <laughs> yeah, it's my it's my spirit it's my spirit fairy birds that are <laughs> speaking to me. From the DePape hammer collection. <laughs> This story took a turn if you're just joining us. This is wild, man. Yeah, so the Today Show had an exclusive report from Miguel Almaguer that contradicted what the official law enforcement narrative had been, or at least the FBI narrative had been from yes. the beginning. So so in short order, this guy breaks into the House Speaker's uh, home, uh, takes her husband hostage, Paul Pelosi hostage, um, and then about 30 minutes later, the cops get there after somehow Paul Pelosi was able to call 911. And the update was that uh, P- Paul Pelosi answered the door, said hi to the cops, and then didn't flee, but instead turned around and went back several feet to David DePap, the guy who had broken into the house. Which yes. is very odd because the FBI report in the charging document and the probable cause affidavit said that when the door was opened, DePape had his had one hand on the hammer. Paul Pelosi had a hand on the hammer, and mm-hmm. DePape also had another hand gripping the arm of Paul Pelosi. So it was like they were struggling for control of the hammer. But in this case, there wasn't a struggle. No. And the Today Show has now, NBC News, has nuked the story on their website, saying it didn't meet their uh, their journalistic standards, which I know <laughs> I'll let you let that one sink in. Um, with no other explanation, they just they they just said, nah, yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to go ahead and take that off our Twitter account. and We're going to take it off the website. 
uh, we're not going to let that report see the light of day. So the question is, did Miguel spread fake news? Did somebody, a source to him, give him bad information? Or did somebody make a call and said, hey, that stuff's not supposed to come out until after the midterms? Not quite sure. Okay, this is just an inside part of the story that I'll share with you. On this show, David, you and I will get clips from different things. I'm not the best at editing. I let them play long, far too long, often. You, from a news background, know exactly what part that's important. You're very good at it. Mm -hmm. I have the entire NBC report this morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you want to roll this, this might give us some sort of insight. Yeah. Um, and I'll just stop it whenever you want. But it was interesting the way that they set it up, I thought. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. Of course. NBC News learning new details about the moment yeah. police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence. Sources. What sources? This, yeah. I mean, this is something that's been criticized from different sides for a while. Okay, I know sources is one of those things you use in stories, but, I mean, if you're Miguel, that's got to be a good source, doesn't it? Somebody you got to trust. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence. So tell me, David, from your background, yeah. would that guy put his trust in somebody he didn't already know with a story that big? I, that had to be verified a few times, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be hard. Well, he, does, he does use the word sources. Yeah. Okay, that's true. If yeah. he's using multiple sources, you would think that he was talking with people and checking with people to see if that were true. So, okay, at this point of the proceedings, I'm going to go out on a limb for Miguel. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. To say those sources may be right because there is a reason we haven't seen the body cam footage. Yeah. Jamie, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it doesn't make any sense to me on, on so many different levels because... None of it does. You know, the Today Show did a lot of stories about the fake horse whipping thing mm -hmm. at the border where Border Patrol agents on horseback were accused of whipping Haitian migrants. The NB NBC News did a lot of stories on that. They never nuked those stories, even though it was literally fake news. But remember, <laughs> we already know this. Sometimes we all get caught in still thinking this is a news organization. Right. It's not. <laughs> right. It's propaganda, and we all know it. They get their marching orders, okay? And so they wanted to keep rolling with the horse-whipping story. Even though they knew better, they were going to keep rolling with it. This seems to be different in that, and we talk about this a lot, different networks will get the talking points all spread to them. At the same time, they still compete with one another. Yeah. So NBC is competing with ABC and CBS and CNN, all of that. So they have the exclusive and think they can go out there on a limb. And I'll bet you anything, somebody said, you got to kill that story. It's not because it didn't meet journalistic standards. I don't buy it. Yeah. I can go on with the way that's covered. Oh, sure. Or we can move yeah, on. No, no, I think we should move on. No, not move on, but... Carry on with it. With when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. So they didn't know it was Pelosi. Yeah. Okay, so that at least explains the questions that we've had before, like, hey, cops would have known this was somewhat serious, right? Yeah. 
So after a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. Well, it would be very clear if he was injured because he was... A pool of his own blood, correct? I mean, but the hammer strike didn't happen until after the police arrived and he started to walk back all right. towards DePepe. Well, we're trying to all figure this out. <laughs> Live on the show. Remember we heard reports his arms were bruised? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what did, did something happen before that? I don't know. But if you would have been beaten up at all and the cops get there, your immediate response is... There he is. Oh, yeah. I'm getting out of here. I'm glad you guys are here. I'm going to stand behind police so I don't take another beating. The The point where he walks back in toward him, it makes no sense. And I don't know what they're getting at saying, well, that we don't know his mental state. Well, he could and have been disoriented, I guess. Or... Okay, listen to how they do this. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. Okay, did he just omit the struggle with the hammer? Because we... So on the FBI document, there was a struggle with the hammer. When he opened the door, they were struggling over the hammer. Yes, yeah, so that's not right. No. Okay. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. Okay, so then they put in the actuality from police saying, we know he brutally attacked him and tried to kill him. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were there. They saw him hit him with a hammer. I don't know what that does for the story. And tell me if I'm splitting hairs, David. I don't understand that. Well, I think it says, well, at the end of the day, he was beaten. Right. Well, yeah, I think we get that, yes. Yeah. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his mm-hmm. arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Again, it still does not answer the security question. How was security, or how did their security system not sound the alarm when the guy broke in it makes no sense i don't know i mean you could sell me on hey dude's a heavy sleeper he didn't hear the guy you know break yeah. the window to get in i mean that's a stretch but okay some people are heavy sleepers i don't know but the security system it, it doesn't explain how it didn't go off they've never explained that why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning. Okay, so that's when they put in the FBI yeah. guy, the former FBI yeah. guy. Fear freezes people. I understand that when you're shell shocked in a situation. When you call 911, say, yeah, my friend, somebody help, whatever it was he said, and then they get there, you're not shell shocked to go back toward the person that just beat you up. I've never heard of that in my life. I want to know where he was that night. Who? Paul Pelosi. Was he out? I have no idea. 
You're spreading misinformation, No, I'm, I'm Scott. asking questions about the, the, where was he, who was he with, was he with know. anyone? I don't know, man. Is there a reason to believe? That? How, how, did the, how did this person know where he lived? I don't know. I don't know. Just know this. Uh, in light of that, it was a political attack is what it was. Okay, oh, and I if, know it's mega, mega, yes, whatever. And if yeah. Republicans win on Tuesday, we may never have a free and fair election again. Yeah. That's Who said what, that? Uh, MSNBC's Chris Hayes. Oh, He's in serious mental distress. You know that guy. He kind of looks like somebody took Sean Penn through a juicer. <laughs> it's he's a, interesting. He's a weird little guy. Make that sketch artist. Go <laughs> ahead. Man. Anyway, on his show last night, he claimed that democracy is essentially over if people vote for Republicans. All right, let's hear that. The pitch from Democrats is basically, if you care about democracy, if you care about having this feedback mechanism in which the people you elect are accountable to them, to you, you've got no choice but to vote for us. And that on its face sounds almost anti-democratic itself to say you don't have a choice. But it also happens to be true. What they're really saying is, hmm. if you don't elect us this time, if you don't keep them out of power, you may never be able to elect us again. Or in short, vote to preserve your right to throw the bums out. <laughs> so democracy is at stake. So let me think. Mm-hmm. From voting. <laughs> if democracy keep... <laughs> is at stake from voting. Right. So we could keep on going with open borders. With millions of people flooding in, fentanyl killing people, okay, um, we could lose everything because we're so far in debt and the economy keeps tanking, okay? And we're going to have the trans activists running the schools and teaching CRT, okay, and we're going to continue on with criminal justice reform and taking away... Um, some of the teeth from police so that crime goes absolutely nuts everywhere. Hmm. But democracy's at stake. Yes. Okay. Got it. Because you guys are doing so well with it right now. Give me a break, man. Unreal. Hey, did anybody hear about the uh, Washburn University professor in hot water? For dressing up like Michael Jackson for Halloween. There's a lot of different ways we could talk about this story. Okay? In the end, with everything that's happened, and you're at a university, you think you're just going to dress up like Michael Jackson and moonwalk and no one's going to say anything? (laughs) Was he in blackface? Was he like her? Sure. Yes, she was. Her. Her. She was. So she was. She's white and she had darkened her skin? That's the way I understand it. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. It's a no-no. There's other things you can do for Halloween, but everybody knows by now you can't do that. Yeah. If you're Megyn Kelly, you can't even talk about somebody right. doing it, or you get fired from NBC. Yeah. Because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Crazy times, man. But Crazy the chimp, times. the chimp he brought along was cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And just know, hey, if someone breaks into your house and they're mega mega, all right, and you call police, when they get there, don't run back toward that person. Okay, run outside. <laughs> so, you know. All right, news update. we got to set you up with the Friday Five next right here. All right. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hey, we had that piece from Biden we haven't had a chance to get to yet. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Joe Biden's trying to celebrate his wins, you know, because he just doesn't talk about that enough. Uh, like the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't reduce inflation, and the student loan debt forgiveness, a.k.a. the university bailout, uh, mm-hmm. which actually increases inflation. Uh, yes, now, he started talking about how he was trying to reduce inflation, but he, you got to remember, he inherited a bunch of debt, but he's turning it around, okay? So what Guess what? Because of our historic, we had a very different product. A very different reduction for all Republicans who voted against this. And they opposed the Inflation Reduction Act. Every single one voted against it, even though some I know were for it. Everyone voted for it, against it. You got that? What's that again? What did he say at the beginning? Yeah, everybody voted against it. You know, you have different economists saying... This is one of the worst decisions in the last five decades, economically, the Inflation Reduction Act, Mm -hmm. along with what he did a year ago. Because the economy was recovering, and they printed money and gave it away. And people warned at the time, you're going to cause inflation. And then it happens. And And it's what's so frustrating is you have legacy media carrying the water for the left, saying, well, <laughs> global problem. Yeah. It's happening everywhere. Oh, man. I mean, I'm not an economist, but I mean, <laughs> you read enough, you watch what people predict, you see patterns, you see who you can trust and who you can't, and that's the thing that made sense in the beginning. It still makes sense, but oh, no, it wasn't that. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I think things are going to really start to turn around after Tuesday. At least that's the hope. Well, did you see uh, Eric Erickson is reporting now that he's had multiple reporters in D.C. tell him that the New York Times is working on a big post-election piece about Biden's frailties sourced with White House staffers. It's going to drop after the election. We called it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you did. You're betting against it. Well, I thought that he'd make it through the term, but I... They're I'd like a do-over on that one. Because <laughs> this is not the first time I've heard that, that they are, it's, it's, it's on. As soon as the midterms yes. are over, they yes. take their beating. They're going to blame him, and they're going to kick him to the curb. Yes. His usefulness will now be over. Welcome to the party, to move pal. On. I'm glad to be here. Better late than never, right? David, we got to set up the Friday Five. This was your idea. Well, I thought, you know what, with the elections coming up, I thought this is what makes America great. And so we need to celebrate Americans. So I thought, why not top five American bands? Not solo artists, bands. Bands. It's a great list. It is. So you want to get in. 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. The greatest American bands of all time next for the Friday Five. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's that time of the week, the Friday Five. It's our countdown, and it starts. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's have some fun. This is what we do every Friday, Friday Five Countdown. And today, I thought David had a great idea. Yeah. And that idea, David, is? Well, the idea is that, hey, we got elections coming up next Tuesday. Many people have already voted, and this is a great American tradition that we do uh, all across the country every couple of years. And so I thought, let's celebrate America by voting for our top five American bands. And so, and it's, this is how we try to do it. Yeah. You take a band, say, at the height of their powers, how big is that band? Then do they stand the test of time? And then you put personal like into it. I would say a lot of this goes into personal like because yeah. a lot of these bands, you're close to a 10 score with how big they were or test of time. Yeah. So, it, I mean, you can't go wrong with anybody on this list. Well, most of these bands have never gone away. No, you never. can really make that argument. Yep. Well, well what? Not really. Well, sort of. Yeah. But that's why we get into it. I know. Who's up first today? Uh, let's start off with Anthony in Oregon. Hey, Anthony. Hey, what's up? Happy Friday. Anthony. Thanks, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bleep it there, you know. <laughs> what you got, man? Well, you know, I had to kind of rethink it after I thought about what Biden said, that there's 54 states now. So I'm thinking, where did those other four bands come from in those other four states? But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with... We had the band that said we are an American band, Grand Funk Railroad. Wow, man. You're making Robin's day with that yeah, pick. Great song. Grand Funk Railroad. We're an American band. We're an American band. That's a good honorable mention. Okay. I would say, compared to the other bands on the list, probably not as much as album sales. They sold a lot of albums. Well, I'm not saying they did, but compared to, you know, your top three or four years, well, yeah. not in that league. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything bad about any of these bands. No, Grand Funk's a great band. Yes, absolutely. Did you vote for them for the five? No, okay. they didn't make my five. It was okay. too hard, man. It's pretty tough. Yeah. All right, who's next, David? Uh, okay, let's talk to Paul in Virginia. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Greetings, Cameron! <laughs> hey, Paul! Hey! Hey, I, I heard that President Magoo went to vote. He had to show ID. That's true. And that's true. That's, yes, and under the heading of name, it stated President Harris's dummy, Walter. <laughs> or? <laughs> yes. I also understand that back in the day, Sandy Robbins got hammered and let his mom give him a perm. <laughs> yes. He then had a he then had a perma crisis when the invisible fairy bird kept trying to nest in his hair. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Robbins did get a perm when he was a kid from his mom. That is true. That's true. True facts, Paul. Yep. When asked, and when asked for comment, Trump said, "Ask the gays." 
And the whole week of shows come flooding back to me yes, every do. time we talk to Virginia. Thanks, Paul. And what you got today? You're welcome. Well, when, I, when he was asked what he thought, who he thought would win the World Series, John Fetterman said, Boston! <laughs> it, was, it was very hard for me to keep them out of the top five. But again, Boston? Also, yeah. Well, man. Okay. A lot, again, comes down to personal life. Yeah. But I would say, when you're looking at the bands who finish, say, say, look at the top four. Okay, as far as how big this band was, yeah. compared to those four, they're at least two points behind. And oh, I yeah. love Boston. You know what I mean? But their oh, test sure. of time's huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Just massive. Yeah. That's what makes this list pretty interesting. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. How are you doing? Happy pre-Red Tsunami Friday. Yes, yeah, John. Thanks, John. Always great to hear from you, man. Always great to be heard. I really thought you guys were going to go for songs with red in the title, but that's okay because this is a wide open, uh, wide open topic. I don't think there's any bad choices. Might be next Friday. Honor, you never know. You never know. In honor of uh, President Biden acknowledging that he's uh, going to get impeached if the uh, Republicans win the House and the Senate, I'm going with the band that produced one of my favorite albums, Eat Impeach. The Alban Brothers, Brothers Band. Nice. Is it too much to say a lot of those songs are timeless? Because that's like overused, but I truly believe yeah. that with a lot of these Alban Brothers. I just went through a big kick with them recently. Yeah. Listen to them like every day for like a week. We also know the timelessness of it because every bar band in America tries to play an Allman Brothers song. Especially yeah. that song, and no one can nail it. That's pretty tough, man. It's a vibe more than anything. It doesn't sound all that complicated, but, man, it's hard to catch that vibe and that attitude that comes through the speakers on this song. Yes. I agree. I would bring something up, but Robbins would get mad at me again. What about the Almond Brothers? Well, just an Almond Brothers song. Yeah, me and a couple of buddies. I didn't sing it because I can't sing, but we did Sweet Melissa at the reception when I got married. Too. Oh, yeah. I heard. Yes. I heard about it. I heard it was really cool. Robbins wasn't there. I know. I got didn't was, get invited. It was 27 I, years ago. Yeah, we were friends. You didn't home. take a job. And you were pissed. That we and you decided to do. Your, and then, on, and then on, we had the most important day of your life. Screw you. You didn't take a job. <laughs> we hadn't even been friends that long. Oh, well, I can't. It's been this we thing were, forever. Whatever. Goodness, man. So, I, you know, what do you want me to say? I apologize. Now, on with the countdown. Thank you, Casey. Right. You need next? to renew your vows. I need to be there. We did that a year ago. God damn. Again. I'm joking. Go ahead. Let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Even though this band was before my time, I've always liked the Beach Boys. Wow. A big band. I'm picking up Pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Years. They were big. Yep. Okay, is it safe to 
say we all like the Beach Boys, but no one on the show loves the Beach Boys. Yeah, Is that fair? That's I mean, fair. I like it. It's mine. I, I, it, if it comes on, it's not like I'm like, oh, turn it off. Never. I went to I see Brian Wilson on the solo tour that he did about six, seven years ago, I guess. Maybe yeah. longer. Good. I mean, I liked it. That's cool. He did a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, it was fun. Cool. I didn't know you were that big a fan. I, w- I went with the guy who was a big fan. It was a buddy of mine. Okay. Yeah, so. All right. Anyway. All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to our buddy Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> oh, happy Friday, brothers. Johnny. Hey. Great to hear from you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to talk to you, boys. Hey, you know I'm privy to a little bit of secret information, and that stuff about Pelosi, you know, I heard that it was his boyfriend getting angry, hitting at him, but I, I also kind of heard that Pelosi attacked him first, and his boyfriend got mad because his pistol went off half-cocked. So, you know, you got to be careful. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, some other information, and I just kind of go out to you guys to kind of bounce things back and forth. I've, I've just adopted two new puppies, and you never uh, guess what breed they are. You want to, you want to know? Poodles, eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the best. Oh man! Uh, yeah, Eagles huge, big, best of time, huge. And then it comes down to personal life. They end up at number four. That's such a great song. Yeah. That in my house growing up. My sister had all those records. Okay. Let's grab one more and then we'll have to reset here. All right. Uh, let's talk to Kevin in Michigan. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Kevin. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, good to hear from you guys. Uh, I, I can't believe I got in with this guest, so I'm just going to come right out with it the mighty Van Halen. Dude, you're going to have a great weekend in Michigan, yeah. Number one. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised Van Halen's number one. They were my number one. But I homer for Van Halen all the time. So it's a 10 and a 10, right? And then my personal life is at least a 9 and probably a 10. But did anybody else have Van Halen at number one? Uh, I, did I have it at number one? I think I did. I thought you had Eagles at one. Yeah, you had Maybe Eagles. I guys did, yeah. Van Halen yeah. at two. Yeah, I, I think I had Van Halen maybe, and it came down to just personal like what I reached for more often. Yeah. I think I, I think I had it at four. Okay, so just by yeah. all of those picks, it's yeah. strong enough to get to number one. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised what made number two as well. And number five. There are some surprises here. Ah, yes. Yes, David. <laughs> Thanks, David. Yes. Always good with Roth checking in, apparently. Just, well. Yeah, he's there. He's got the direct line always. I forgot about that. That's good. We need other singers to have that direct line. All right. Friday Five, greatest American bands of all time. We'll wrap it up next. Right here. Yes, I know. 
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update we got to get to in less than 15 minutes. And the Scott Robbins trifecta. Wrapping up the Friday Five. David had the idea with the election coming up on Tuesday. Let's celebrate America. We get to vote for our leaders. Greatest American bands of all time. Great honorable mention. Skinner just missing the five. Yep. Number one with Van Halen. Number four. You know. What? Number four. The Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, that's right. And we've had great honorable mentions, too. Beach Boys, Allman Brothers, Boston, Grand Punk. And now back to it, David. Uh, let's start off with Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday on this beautiful day on the beach. Oh, good for you, Mary. Yeah, no kidding. We're all jealous. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Me too. Good for you. It's, it's a great day. And so today I'm going to go with Aerosmith. Oh, good pick. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Number three. <laughs> I checked, they have the label as the greatest American rock moment. Because the Stones had the world's biggest rock moment. Well, these are our, these are the American Rolling Stones. I mean, that's who Aerosmith is. You got what do you the reach Jagger for Richards. Aerosmith or the Stones? Uh, probably the Stones, but not by much. David? Yeah, I reach for the Stones. How about you? Aerosmith. Not that I don't like the Stones. There's a lot of stuff I like, but yeah. Like three or four albums in there that I really love from those guys. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, we could go on and on yep. about a lot of these different bands, but I know we got to get to who's next. Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultz and Gresham. Gentlemen, when the weather turns cold, the midterms yes. approach with our very democracy at stake. <laughs> There's nothing more comforting than a case of ice-cold Milwaukee's best and turn up the Metallica. Oh, man. Number two. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Just described 1985 and 86 and 87. Okay. How did Metallica get to be number two? I'm curious. Um... All three of us had it on the list. On our wow, you two list. Robins? Yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had it as... I had it at number two, personally. Because, I mean, dude, the biggest selling album in the 80s was Metallica. And 90s. 90s, I mean, Metallica. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. a huge band. They still... 10, 10. Yeah. Yes. And I like certainly it. stand the test of time. They could still sell yes. out stadiums. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know your personal like for Metallica was that big, Scott. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff from them I like. I played a lot of it, even in Top 40. Can you name two songs off Master of Puppets? Master of Puppets and uh, something really loud. <laughs> <laughs> big fan. No, I mean, I I was a Top 40 guy. I, I understand. Well, I played when they became Top 40 guys. It was They were huge. The Black Album was a staple. I understand. Yes. All right, who's next? Uh, we got one more. Let's talk to David in Hillsboro. Hey, David. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen. <laughs> David. David. We love David. We, we love, love David. David. Yes, we do. Oh, that's nice to hear that. It's been a while. Well, my pick, 
since we're in an atmospheric wind rain event, I was just playing the song Who Will Stop the Rain by Creedence. So I'm going with Creedence. Yeah, good Guess good what? choice. Number five. I see the Number five. That's the other surprise. This wound up being my number one. I mean, they had a string of hits that all still, many of them still get played very frequently. I mean, the test of time is huge. They're not as big as Van Halen or Metallica, but, you know, probably an eight. Or Aerosmith or the Eagles. And my personal like was a ten. I tried to weight my... Uh, yes. Personal like relative to what I reach for the most out of the, what winds up being my final five, and they just wound up being my number one. And there you go. And I know we, we don't have time for the other call, do we? No, we don't. Oh, it's too bad. Who is it for? Uh, uh, Greg in Portland, and it's for Guns N' Roses. Some might say Guns N' Roses got a little host, you know? No. I don't think they're out to get you, Axel. <laughs> it's just their taste. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day. Outside of Guns N' Roses not being one of the top five American <laughs> bands of all time. Well, they had one good album. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> now Axel's got a direct line to the show. That's not nice. We don't need right. to do. Yeah. What is it? He, what was his? Okay, Axel's reaction when he found out he didn't make our five. What? It's okay. It's just this show. It's not a big deal. It, it, we'll get through this. All right. Biggest story of the day. <laughs> Biggest story of the day is the update on the Paul Pelosi update that actually happened. What happened? To me, this None is of, weird. If you thought it didn't make sense before, hang in there. <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. Now, we'll get to that and the Robin Strike Factor next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to the Robbins trifecta news update, David Van Camp. I, I'm sorry. This is just so freaking weird. So the Today it's Show. Been weird, man. Yeah, the Today Show had an update on the Paul Pelosi attack. You know, the House Speaker's husband who was uh, attacked by a dude who heard messages from a invisible bird fairy. Yeah, um, the tape. Yeah, and, you know, Biden's been trying to say this is why you got to vote Democrats. Okay, <laughs> vote for Democrats this midterms. All right, that's kind of weak, but uh, I guess you try to grasp onto whatever you can. So the initial report, uh, at least the charging document or the uh, probable cause affidavit, rather, uh, from the FBI laid out this timeline where Paul Pelosi somehow called the cops uh, and then when the cops got there, he opened the door while basically wrestling for a hammer with the assailant. Well, the Today Show and Miguel Almaguer mm-hmm. reported today that actually what happened was he opened the door, saw the cops, and then Paul Pelosi went back inside several feet 
Here's the clip you had earlier, David. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home. Why wouldn't he? But instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Yeah, and so that that's very weird because then that speaks to a different narrative altogether. So NBC News has now retracted that story. They, they nuked the story from their website. They said it didn't meet their reporting standards, which, <laughs> sure, they have reporting standards. Um, and I, this just raises more questions, to me at least. Like, okay, did, did Miguel's sources just completely get it wrong? I don't believe that. Did somebody... It could be wrong, but I don't believe that. Do you believe that? It's possible. Dude, I don't know. Anything's possible. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, I, it all comes down to this. Let's, yeah. let's do the bets. <laughs> if you had to bet one way or another, I'm betting Miguel is not wrong and the sources are right. Or do you think the sources got it wrong? I don't think Miguel goes with it unless he had multiple sources. Yeah, so you think it's going to turn out to be true? Yes. Okay. Do you think now, it's going to turn means, out to be true, I don't David? know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I kind of I'm I'm very non-committal in that. I think it, maybe there's a splitting of the difference. I don't know. Like there wasn't this tussle. Maybe the initial police report was wrong. I. How about this? That he walked backwards yeah. back into the house where the dude was. Dude, with this case, I'm not willing to put money on anything. No, we don't. Yeah. I'm just trying to get at what do you think right now? And they could knock down every conspiracy theory in a heartbeat if they wanted to. They could. So why aren't they? With the body cam footage. Yeah. And I'm going to bring it up every time. Right. Uh, Show me one Who has a security system that when the window is smashed in like that, that it doesn't go off? Do you want to know what's in my dark, dark heart? Yes. That's going to wind up, you know, getting blasted as conspiracy theory and misinformation. So I want to say this. I don't have any evidence of this. I don't. Got it. This is for entertainment purposes only, and it just happens to be one thing that crosses my mind. Okay. Let's establish a fact pattern here real quick. Okay. We know that Nancy Pelosi is a horrible human being. She has a track record. We know that she will do pretty much anything in order to retain power. Check. Mm -hmm. What if she were that invisible bird fairy that was talking to Mr. (laughs) Tate? Okay. (laughs) Whoa. Oh. I had never even thought about that. I don't think that's it. And Man, if you're right on that. I, I, I don't know that. Again, I'm, I'm just saying I know. That's, that's one place where my mind goes because wow. when you ask about the security system, like right now as it stands, I could turn off my security system right now from my phone. Sure. She's not in San Francisco. And <laughs> Man, this is the funniest part of this whole bit. We're talking about this. I'm trying to see if we can get a bet going because I, I think – Somebody got a hold of NBC and said, kill that story now. Maybe next week after the election, but not now. And you're noncommittal on the bet, and I'm thinking David's being responsible here. And then David goes way off the deep end. (laughs) Nancy is the bird that was speaking to debate. I'm like, holy mackerel. I'm just saying, what if somebody, because, you know, somebody, maybe some money was exchanged, or maybe someone was nudged in the right direction. And then she knew that something was going to go down that night. And that would, 
explain why nothing that you would expect happened or to happen actually occurred. If he gets this right, they're going to be lined up outside our door to sign him to a solo deal. No, I don't. I don't sure. know that. And I, I, I don't. Again, I don't have any evidence. For wow. That. That's, I, but, yeah, I know. Just, I know. I know. Well, I'm just we saying we're just three guys talking, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, I would actually, of course, if I bet you, and it comes out that it's a different story, and she's not involved, you're going to say that's what they're telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to ever win the bet. Uh-huh. But I don't think that's it. Davinon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just D. Yeah, D told yeah. us to come. <laughs> D sent me. <laughs> All right, Robin, you ready for your big three? Who shut off the alarm? <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Okay, Scott Robbins, Scott Free, always helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Oh, my buddy Casey. Hey, bud. Got a big weekend. I'm ready. We got a big weekend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> three. Number three. So Rex Chapman, old NBA player uh, who likes to steal iPhones and memes on social media. Yeah. Um, he has responded to the conspiracy theory that the Paul Pelosi thing was a, a gay lover thing situation. Yeah, and we, he and, and he right. laid out how much of a crush he has on Nancy Pelosi. He says she's smoking hot. What? Tucker Carlson found the text. Yeah, and he found the, uh, the 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 Twitter post and decided to run with it last night on his show. But they want you to shut up. They always want you to shut up. No questions in our democracy. But there are still questions about what happened in Nancy Pelosi's house last Friday night. A lot of people don't want you to ask those questions, including former CNN Plus star. Is that an oxymoron? Yeah, it is. We're saying it anyway. Rex Chapman. So Rex Chapman, not clear what he does for a living, but he's on Twitter. And in a long and bizarre series of posts the other day, he announced that if you don't buy the official storyline, then you think Paul Pelosi must be gay, which apparently, according to liberals, is now a bad thing. It's bad to be gay, according to liberals. What? We can't keep up. But Rex Chapman's pretty sure that Nancy Pelosi's husband's not gay because Nancy Pelosi is a smoke show. And by the way, it's embarrassing okay. even to read this, but this was on Twitter. And we're quoting, I love Nancy Pelosi. Full disclosure, like huge crush, huge from way back, beautiful, yeah, but big brain, big, big brain, what? huge confidence, sexy personified. <laughs> yeah. That's Rex Chapman. Rex yeah. Chapman said that. That's, a, that's enough to turn me gay. <sighs> wow. Okay, I was just going to say, well, that seems kind of kooky. But I feel like if I go with that take, that, then I'm criticizing members of the show. Because it wasn't long ago, David, you were talking about the Secretary of Energy being D.C. Yeah. hot or something. She's and D.C. grandma about the, hot, absolutely. The, and the, who else was it? The Golden Girls and other people? I don't know what, <laughs> who finds what attractive anymore. I, I don't understand Just it. to be clear, I also said that I would let Jennifer Granholm feed me grapes by hand. And I stand by that. He's, he's a card-carrying member of GILF. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to the conclusion right now. Yeah. 
that this show needs a couple days off because there are people <laughs> losing their minds right now on the show. I don't quite understand yeah, you, what's for not realizing how hot Jennifer Granholm is. <laughs> no, I don't see it. I, I, I don't get it. Not at all. How about Nancy? Or, or no, my her. goodness, no. <laughs> Repulsive. God. Now, on with the countdown. Thank you. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, uh, Tiffany Cross, who is sort of like the understudy for Joy Reid. She is a very angry person. She's a conspiracy theorist. She said multiple times on air that a civil war has already begun. I mean, she's she's nuts. She's a host on MSNBC, or was, actually. She apparently just got fired. Yeah, she got blown out of MSNBC over what they're describing as bad judgment <laughs> on and off the air. Her team will stay in place just with a new host coming in. Okay. So she got the boot. This is the, well, it's tough because there are several, but this woman is a card-carrying racist. What, was it something that she actually said that got her booted? Uh, maybe the last straw might have been she was doing an event, I think, with maybe Comedy Central or something, and she was going after Ron DeSantis and then said that Florida was the mm. of the of the country. Yes. Oh. Well, she also said that uh, liberals need to pick up a gun because the Civil War is coming. Yeah. Oh, I have the clip. Yeah. I, I remember that one. Yes, we, we have to keep our eye uh, on the war, and, and everybody needs to pick up a weapon and, and get involved because this is uh, for the, the the safety and and lasting uh, of the country. <laughs> That's right. But voting for Republicans is a threat to democracy. Okay, all right. So she's fired. She got the boot. Out she goes. Wow. How long before someone claims it was racist? Oh, she probably already is. Already has, I'm sure. Probably already happened, right? Okay. Scott Robbins, Trifecta, his top three stories of the day, and up to number one. Number one, Joe Biden says uh, Republicans are going to impeach him, but he doesn't know why. (laughs) What? That on its surface, when you say it, is laugh out loud. Joe Biden said about the election, again, coming up, how important it is, because we're going to lose the democracy here. He said, I'm already being told. And if they win back the House and Senate, they're going to impeach me. I don't know what the hell they're going to impeach me for, but they're going to impeach me. He doesn't have any idea why they would do that. Joe, check out the border lately? Uh, No. Their election of duty? His dealings with China? Hunter Biden? Well, if it ever comes out, if the FBI ever goes after that. Well, again, change of the guard may just do that. He's not protecting the country. I mean, there's a number of different things, but he doesn't know. I mean, if anything will energize people to go to the polls, it would be that, I would think, particularly Republicans. Well, when he talks about being impeached. You know where this conversation goes. It goes this way every time. And if you do that, you know what happens. I just broke news. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's interesting you bring that up because that's the reason on the blowback page that people don't want it to happen. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They're Every like, time the have conversation goes there. You can have this doddering old fool yeah. figurehead in charge, or you can have that nut job for the next two years. Yes. Pick and your so poison, People say, sir. yes, let's impeach, and then someone brings up the point, and then right. it's... Not cool. today. <laughs> right. <laughs> you may not want to do that. Slow your roll here. Careful what you wish for. Yep. Tweet them. Okay, that's enough. All right, Scott Robbins, Trifecta.
Scott, thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. That yeah, was a disturbing trifecta, but I still thank you for it. You still got the Nancy Pelosi thing in your head, don't you? I'm, I'm purging. And there you have it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Milk truck has arrived. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe three days off. Okay. <laughs> Nimrod's the News. News update straight ahead right here. Yes. <laughs> All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Robbins just had it on the trifecta. Tiffany Cross out at MSNBC. See ya. Yeah. She's applying now at Twitter. <laughs> oh, that'll work. Too boy, boy, the freak out on this is really crazy. I mean, it everybody is. from AOC to Geraldo Rivera are like yeah. mad because uh, Twitter is going to be firing, what, like half of its workforce and a yep. bunch of people got like a 90-day severance, which is pretty good. And every, everybody's complaining, like, this is terrible for democracy, Bob. But, like, it, it, calm down. How dare Elon Musk play with people's lives like this? Really? You, you know, the Do you oil understand and ga- how the world works? Yeah, you, you know, the oil and gas industry lost 100,000 jobs in 2020? Remember that? Nobody was weeping for them. Or none of you were weeping for them, at least. Well, learn, those are bad people. Right. They got to learn how to they code. They learn learn how to code. Right. Yeah. That's all. Well, man, this is going down a rabbit hole. We're running out of time. <laughs> and I know you don't want to see people lose their jobs, right? No. But there are some people you have more sympathy for than others. Yes. And I can remember this. this you're going back decades now. Um, when people started losing jobs in the radio business. And there were other parts of media that were sort of laughing at the lowly radio folks Mm -hmm. until they started losing their jobs. And it happened to TV and it happened to newspapers. And I honestly, I'm not... (laughs) How do I say this? I'm absolutely making Robbins look bad. There's no way I'm not. But if I say what really happened was, man, I'd be like, I feel bad for him. Robbins, I don't. They were laughing at our industry. Well, they were. <laughs> they they were. I know. I know, but the whole point of it is there are different times where different industries are going to lose workers. Things evolve, as we all know. Okay? What you're seeing at Twitter is a group of people that I don't think I've ever learned how the real world actually works. And now, as sometimes you say to a kid, wait, man, the world's going to punch in the teeth at some point in time. It happens to everybody. And you're thinking at some point in time, it's going to happen. And now it's happened to those people. That's the real world. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. They've been protected for a while. I mean, I don't wish bad on anybody, anything like that, but it's the way it rolls. All right. You ready for Nimrods? Let's do it. Got a couple. Let's do this. Going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods the News. It just happened a couple days ago. Justice Department announced the first national takedown of a catalytic converter theft ring. 21 people from five states have been arrested so far. So they executed 32 search warrants. Stolen catalytic converters are a huge business. Oh, yeah. So officials seized homes, cars, and other assets from the ring totaling, check this, 
$545 million. One of the leaders of the ring reportedly caught because he had a necklace with a charm shape like a catalytic converter. (laughs) And he was showing it off on Instagram. Oh, man. See. It goes back to Goodfellas, doesn't it? it? Lay low. Yep. You don't buy anything. You don't show stuff off. What's wrong with you? Wow. And somebody actually put razor blades in candy this year in Eugene, Oregon. Unreal. And that's Nimrod in the news.